There we go. And we are up. Hello and everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of So Many Games, So Little Time being recorded on the new Discord server. I would personally like to thank mods, especially Old Man Cow, for reaching out to me, giving me this opportunity. And I'd like to thank everyone who's going to be participating in discussions, going to be listening to this later. All of you are great. So right now, a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, have to be pretty busy right now for the very first recording, but that's okay. They'll be coming in later. I don't know if they'll be coming in today or if they'll be coming in next week's. But uh, I've made plans for this. I will just go ahead and read the script that I've got right now. I can stop recording briefly if I have to get anyone caught up. So anyone listening to the recording doesn't have to hear that multiple times. And now, with that being said, I've been hyping this up for a while. Let's get straight to it. Our review of Hades. So before we begin, I'm not going to be spoiling the story itself, or most of the boss fights. But uh, I am going to be talking about how to unlock the true ending of the story and getting a little bit of some of the subplots. So, just giving you guys a heads up now. I don't think that's a made enough spoiler to warrant a review at the start of, or a score at the start of the review, like it did with What Remains of Edith Finch. But I am giving you guys a heads up. So, let's talk a little bit about the game. So, Hades was released early access in December 2018, but got its full release in September of 2020. And you know, indie games have been around a while, well before Hades came out, but I don't think they've ever gotten this level of acclaim. Basically, since developers figured out you don't need AAA publishers. So if I went just over the game, the awards that this game won, oh, hey, Old Man Cow's here. Awesome. Let me, I think you actually are capable of joining the conversation if you want to. Yeah, feel free. Uh, I can just talk and you can listen, or you can join in on the conversation. Your choice. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, so, this game, you know, this game got a lot of acclaim. Made a lot of people wonder, hey, do... Oh, ah, background noise, I got you. A lot of people wondered, hey, is this game as good as everyone says it is? Or is it just uh, the kind of game that maybe got a little overhyped? Well, let me tell you. Most of this hype, this game does live up to it. It really does. For those of you who haven't heard anything about the acclaim, or haven't looked into the game at all, I'll just briefly go over it. This game is a roguelike. Not a roguelike. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know the difference, roguelikes and roguelites both have where each run is different every time you go through it. However, one major difference is the fact that a roguelite, you have some level of progression that stays with you. Your character is constantly getting stronger. Whereas a roguelike might be able to unlock stuff that can come up next run, but there is no permanent progression. Hades is a roguelite, so your character does get stronger after each run. Going a little bit more into the details and the plot just a little, you play Zagreus, son of the Lord of the Underworld himself. And he decides living underground for his entire life doesn't sound like a ton of fun. So what you do is, this game is you attempting to get to the surface. Helping him out because they love their family, or maybe just to spite your dad, the Olympian gods give him aid in the form of boons that you can get throughout the run. 
and they can help Zagreus's multiple combat options, such as his basic attack, his special, his call, his cast, stuff like that. In good old roguelite fashion, you have a few levels, and at the end of each level, there is a boss that you will have to beat. And you can use these boons to help you with common enemies or the boss. Some of them are a little obvious. You know, Zeus gives you lightning powers. Surprise, surprise. Some of them are a little less obvious, but make sense, such as Aphrodite making enemies weak, Athena primarily focusing on defense. And others are outright clever, like Dionysus dealing poison damage. And I just gotta say, I love that little detail right there. I really did. Along the way, you might run into characters who will help you just a little bit out each run, such as Charon, who runs the shop. So now, look, I could spend all day telling you what I love about this game, and keeping it brief, I think, is going to be the hardest part of this. So first off, combat is great. It feels natural, it's smooth, the boons that you get from the gods aren't so big that it changes it up to the point where it's unfamiliar, but they are big enough where it's to the point where they feel impactful, you know? The fact that it's a roguelite also keeps it from getting stale. You never know which combination you're going to get. And trying to get ones that work well together uh, is sometimes a bit of a challenge, but it always, always works out, in my opinion. Enemy variety is a little bit on the light side, but when they group together, how to deal with them can be an interesting battle. And I will say, while as someone who has been playing it for a while now, uh, the lighter end of enemy variety can be a small bit of an issue the more you play. It does also help the game be a more beginner-friendly to anyone who's new, a more beginner-friendly entry to anyone who might be new to the genre. So, if, so if you're the kind of person who's never played a roguelike, do give this one a try. And there is one extra detail I want to talk about, one that I've never used, but I like that it has, and that is Hades God Mode. So every time you die when you have god mode on, you actually get uh, an extra bit of damage resistance. I believe it's 2% damage resistance, capping at 80%. And I feel that this is a great way to introduce an easier mode to the game without getting rid of what the developers were aiming for. You know, there's this big discussion about easy moding games. And they're asking, hey... Uh, should we allow an easy mode for players who are either less skilled, maybe they have disabilities and they can't react as fast? Well, I believe Hades does this right, because the grind is part of the story. The fact that you're weak at first and get stronger is part of it. You know, this is a struggle getting out of the underworld. But it gets easier the more and more you do it. God mode just allows that to happen faster, and I think that's perfect. Now, I also want to talk about how this game handles one of the biggest problems that the genre suffers from, and that is how does it stay fun after you've already beaten it. Roguelites over roguelikes especially have this issue, because if your character is fully powered or almost fully powered, the challenge can go away, and it might be too easy at that point for you. Fortunately, Hades does not suffer from that issue at all. Once you beat your dad for the first time... Oh, mild spoiler alert. Hades. The game where you are trying to escape the underworld and Hades is stopping you is the final boss of Hades. So, uh, 
Once you beat your dad for the first time, you'll unlock something called the Pact of Punishment, which lets you customize the difficulty. So, there are multiple options. Each one increases the level of heat, but as they call it, by a little bit each time. In the process of doing this, you can customize what makes the game harder. Which one of these will be a fun challenge for you? Which one of these will make it too hard for you? Which one of these isn't a challenge at all? On top of this, turning up the heat also resets the prizes that you get for beating the bosses. So in Hades, when you beat a boss, you get a lesser reward the second time onward that you beat it until you turn the heat up to a level higher than you've already beaten them. And so sometimes you can do things that make the game feel more fresh. For example, one of the things for heat uh, gives the bosses a completely new way to fight them. And I found myself using that one, one of the first ones that I did. It did make it harder, but it made the game feel a lot more fresh, having an almost a completely different boss to fight sometimes. Now I'm going to talk a little bit more about the purely artistic side. And this game does nearly everything perfect. Each major character has their own hand-drawn picture which comes up when they speak, and where I'm still noticing tiny little details in it, such as Nyx, the embodiment of night, has stars under her hair. There's a fully voiced script where conversations connect everyone in a realistic way. I'm not going to spoil too much of the story like I said earlier, but I did find the primary plot a nice modern take on Greek myths. And I can't talk about the game's artistic side without talking about the amazing soundtrack. As I was typing out everything I wanted to say about this game, uh, I normally listen to a game soundtrack as I do that. And I actually had to stop doing that with Hades, not because I didn't like it, but the exact opposite. Aaron Korb did such a great job writing this soundtrack that if I was playing it while I was writing, I often found myself grooving to the soundtrack and getting distracted too easily. Fortunately, the game has enough going on for it during combat that this didn't become much of an issue for me. Just when I'm writing the script. Also, mildly fun fact, Korb vo voices both Zagreus and Hades in this game. The more you know. Now, this being a review, I do have to talk a little bit about the things I didn't like so much about the game. Now, most of this are tiny little nitpicks, and I find that when I like a game a lot, that I play it enough, that I find a bunch of small nitpicks like this, so I'm going to get those over with. Uh, for the first thing, there is a little bit of a difficulty curve bump that is unusual going from the second level to the third level. First to second and third to fourth felt a lot more natural. Maybe that's just me, but sometimes it just felt wrong. And I will say, after doing enough runs, while all the levels are beautiful, sometimes they lose their charm that they had at the very beginning. Maybe I just played it too much in a short span of time, and I just need to come back to it after a while. But it is a fact that there aren't a whole lot of levels. This is an indie game by a small studio, after all, and I don't blame them at all for doing that. But sometimes the same four levels, or same four general designs, get old after a while. Now, this is something I'm going to say that's probably going to be the most controversial opinion I have about this game. And I'm just going to say it. I love the story. I really did. I did not like at all how the story was told. To get the true ending, 
you have to beat Hades himself ten times. By the time I'd beaten him about three or four times, it started to get clear where the story's natural progression would go to the end of it. Now, I still wanted to see that ending. I still wanted the characters to have the satisfaction of getting where that was going. But it did get predictable by that point. The subplots get even worse. There are two major ones I'm going to talk about. They are about Orpheus and Eurydice, and Achilles and Patroclus. Both those are about people who have been separated from their lovers uh, and death. Achilles and Orpheus are both within the house of Hades. Eurydice is stuck in Asphodel, whereas Patroclus is stuck in Elysium. Now, I have already gotten the true ending. The main story is over with the game. These subplots are not resolved yet and they move as snail's pace. I cared at first over Orpheus and Eurydice being separated, and I cared at first about Achilles and Patroclus not being together. But the longer that this drags out, the harder it is to care about it, knowing how much more I have to play before they get there. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that their stories do compelling if you can get it done fast enough. But the roguelike nature of this does make it hard to progress it, because A, you have to make it to their level, which means you have to have eaten at least up to a certain point. B, then you have to find the specific room in which they reside, which there's no guarantee you're going to each time. Now, the rest of this game is fantastic. I can't stress that enough. It's just, The only reason I'm making such a big deal about this is because I keep hearing from so many people that this story is a selling point for people who don't like roguelikes or roguelites. And to me, this just feels like you're saying the cherry on top is a selling point for milkshakes if you don't like ice cream. It's a nice touch for people who already do like them, but I don't see this being a selling point for anyone who hasn't already enjoyed the genre. And ultimately, how slow the story moved made me enjoy it just ever so little, a little bit less. Now, please understand, I do love this game. It is a damn good game, and one I genuinely would recommend to almost anyone. If you like roguelikes or roguelites, or have never played them before, this is a great place to start, and there's plenty of ways to keep it fresh if you've played many games of the genre. The only people I would not recommend this to are people who do not have already decided they don't like this genre. This game is not going to sell you on them as much as I wish that I could say that could, as much as I enjoyed it. That being said, it is time to get down to scoring. With the many runs that I had during this game, I don't think there was a single time I wasn't having fun during combat, during the levels. It was just the fact that the story progressed so slow that when I'm not focusing on combat, it made that post-run fun go down just a little bit. I, I know that might be a hard way to describe it. I'm trying to think of the right words. But the reflection period gets hurt, if that makes sense at all. That being said, this is a good game and one that I genuinely think you would enjoy. With that, I give it a four-year time rating of 9.5 out of 10. This is a special game and one I want everyone to experience. For your space, 
uh, because again, I know some of you have data caps and some of you depend on external hard drives. This game only takes up 8.1 gigabytes, which is less than 1% of most caps or hard drive space. So I'm giving it another 9.5 out of 10. I can't deduct any of its score for your time. For your money, this game is $25 at full price. Now, some people have this little voice inside their head that says the magic price for indie games is $20, and they're hesitant to buy any game that costs more than $20. If that voice is inside your head for this game, ignore it. You could get easily 40 hours or even more. There are some people who legitimately have thousands of hours in this game because they've been playing it since early access. You will get your money's worth. Trust me. So for your money, I'm going to have to make a go across the board. 9.5 out of 10. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing me talk about this game. If you have any comments, feel free to say them either in the Discord server where we'll be recording. I do accept feedback. I'm open to constructive criticism. And I'm definitely open to hear what you thought about this game. If you want, if you haven't played it, did I sell you on it? Did I turn you away from it? If you have played it, do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know. Uh, you can follow me at, at Twitter, at SMGSLT. That is at SMGSLT for so many games, so little time. You guys have a great rest of your day. I will be seeing you all later.